You're listening to Illini Life Audio, messages from a community of Christian believers on the campus of University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. For more audio and video content, visit IlliniLife.org. Come on, say good morning to me nicely. Hello. Hi. Hey, you may be wondering, oh crap, are they doing another announcement? <laughs> We're not. We are, we are teaching today. And uh, before we get into that, though, let, let me introduce ourselves. My name is Russ. I'm Susie. And how come she gets a woo? <laughs> I'm expecting this. It's like, they're going to like you more than me now. No, no, they like us together. Anyway, uh, I've lost my train of thought. We're saying who we are. We've been on staff now. I, I've been on staff for five years. I've been on staff longer than that. Yeah, she, she doesn't want to say how long, though, because it'll show her age. But the reason, the reason that we're up here together is because we're doing a dating talk. Woo that. Dating. Everyone loves dating while talking about it, really. Yeah, so <laughs> it takes two people to date, and it takes two people to do a dating talk, so... There you go. But but Susie has, you know. You know, yeah, we're not actually totally sure why they asked us to do this, but in hindsight, it seems like a good idea, right? Um, you get both of our perspectives. You can't be like, oh, yeah, of course Russ would say that. He's a guy, and that's what guys would say. Mm. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so, and collectively, we have a lot of dating experience. Let me tell you how much we have, actually. Between Susie and I, we have dated. I don't know what she says about us. We've dated for over 27 years. Wow. Yes, I know. That's kind of a sad, sad number. Well, we just, like, counted when and, uh, we started we, we tried, while we were planning, we tried to count all of our relationships, but there were too many to count. <laughs> there are not enough books, not enough paper, not enough ink to contain them all. So. Yeah, and also, we both managed to get married, not to each other. Yay. Praise the Lord. Um, but to other really wonderful people. <laughs> Um, let's look at them. Let's yeah, let's see that picture. Aw. We actually got married in the exact same spot, so <laughs> we got a daytime, they had a nighttime, so it, it was That's cool. true. What what are their names though? <laughs> Matt and Megan. Aww. Aww, so cute. We both married people with M names, so that's kind of That special. was really intentional. It was. We <laughs> conferred M, right? That's the letter we're looking for. M. Yeah, M. Okay, good. All right, but Here's the thing, guys. We are in the midst of a series called Hashtag Relationship Goals, which I guess we heard isn't cool anymore to say Hashtag Relationship Sorry. Goals. So this, this sermon title is about three months late. The internet moves really fast. We apologize. My bad. My but, bad. Um, so we're, we're talking about all the different kinds of relationships, right? Last week, Fred talked about friendship. He said that friends are a treasure, right? Do you guys remember that? A treasure that's worth investing time in. Uh, next week, Nick Majeski, our resident Iron Man, he's going to talk about marriage. And him and Amy, I can say just from experience, they have an awesome, exemplary marriage. So I'm really excited to hear from him. Two weeks, uh, Pastor Wayne is going to regale us with his stories from singleness and, and all that stuff. <laughs> Wayne was single for a long time, so he has a lot to say. It is true. And then lastly, we're going to do a panel, a Q&A to end. So if you guys have questions, we gave you guys note cards. Did you guys get those? 
yeah. if you have a question and you want to ask it for that panel to consider, write your question down, and then we have a beautiful box in the lobby where you can then drop off your question. We also have a, a link somewhere out there to a Google form. Probably on the Facebook. If you find that, you can do it that way too, digitally. But <laughs> do do it analog. So that that's. But t today, what are we doing today? We're talking about dating. That's right. Yeah. Hit and it. and so there's a lot of things involved in dating, right? Uh, we're going to be talking about starting a dating relationship, about being in a dating relationship, and about ending a dating relationship. I oh, can't wait for that part. Oh yeah. <laughs> but before that, we actually have a lot of things we want to preface. So. Right. Here's the first thing for my Bible nerds in the house, who I know will come up to me and say this. I'm going to jump in front of you. This teaching isn't biblical per se, right? Because guess what? The Bible was written 2,000 years ago at its latest point and written for thousands of years before that. And when it was being written, dating did not exist as we know it. So you might be going through the Bible like, oh, I need dating advice. You're not going to find it. The Bible has a lot to say about singleness, about marriage, but, you know, he's just like, oh, dating... You guys will figure it out. It'll be a construct that only lasts about 350 years, so don't worry about it. That's my God voice. Um, so, yeah, d dating's a fairly new social invention, so we just wanted to, to be up front with that. But what Susie and I are going to be trying to do is asking, how do we date as the people of God, right? How should we let our biblical worldview and our, our faith in Christ influence how we date? We want to date differently, I think, than the world is dating, right? And by teaching on dating, we are, in fact, endorsing this thing, right? We think dating is good. It's fine to do as long as you guys do it in a godly way that honors Christ, honors the person you're dating, and is ultimately being led by his Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and when we talk um, about dating, we really want you to think about leaving the person better off than you found them. Um, Jesus teaches us to love our neighbors as ourselves, and so we want to love each other as our neighbor. And a lot of you might have heard it as, like, your brother or sister in Christ. Consider these people um, your neighbors, and, and so we do want to care for them and love them as if we would love ourselves. Right. So another thing we want to preface is don't feel pressure to date after this talk, right? So every time we do a dating talk in iLife, we do this about once every two years. All y'all are going to start getting, you know, things in your mind and be like, I'm just going for it. Today's the day. You know, more power to you. That's fine. Um, but at the same time, if you're like feeling good about singlehood, you know, like. Let's make a shirt. I'm feeling good. good about singlehood. And then put your number on the back. Because they'll be like, oh, they're very secure in their singleness. I want to date them. Um. Don't don't feel pressure to date, though. It, you know, it's fine. Like, being single is good, so don't let us, like, peer pressure you. Yeah. And, you know, with all of our experience, with reading lots of articles on Christian dating, having lots of conversations about it, um, we're really convinced that dating is going to look different for everyone, whether that's how you met, how you relate to the person, how long you guys are dating for. Um, I think it's going to look different. I think it's important to be open to what God has for you in a dating relationship. And if you're praying about it and you're, getting, you're feeling peace from the Lord and the people who you trust with in your life are being honest and open with them and they're giving you a thumbs up, I think that's a really good place to be. Amen. Now, how many engineers are in the house? Okay. Wow. Now, we, we know that you people love formulas, right? 
you thrive off them. And even if you're not an engineer, you know, like, I think we all kind of, we all took math, right? We all kind of like that, like, what's that? A squared plus B squared equals C squared, right? What is that? Right, angles. Um, but listen, all right? We, we can't give you a formula for dating. Because what, what did Suji just say? Y'all are, are very different people. And when two very different people get together, the outcome is going to be very different. So we're, we're not trying to give you a formula. We're just trying to lay out some principles for you guys. So go ahead, find all your dating books, and just throw them out because they're trash. So the last thing that we want to preface is the great controversy. Can guys and girls be friends? Now, you may be thinking, wait, didn't Fred say we're not going to cover this till week five? Well, Fred, our dear pastor, had a senior moment. Because like, three, three days before he taught, he, he said, hey, Russ and Susie, can you guys answer the question, can guys and girls be friends? So me and Susie spent a lot of time talking about it. And then on Sunday, he shows up, you know, walking all up front and being like, oh, we're not going to answer that question until week five. And then I was like, you know, Wednesday, I was like, hey, Fred, what the heck? We're answering it in week two. Yeah, so we're going to answer it. So uh, let's do a drum roll. Can guys and girls be friends? Yes! If. Oh. If what? Yes, if you DTR. What's a, what is, what is DTR? DTR is an acronym and it stands for define the relationship. Oh, DTR. (laughs) Write that down, all of you people. Okay, Susie, um, how do you, how do you define the relationship? So you define the relationship by either ETI or ETD. Oh, last time I went to the doctor, I think he was talking to me about these. Nah, nah. So ETI stands for establishing the interest, and ETD is establishing the disinterest. Okay, okay, okay. This is a little confusing to me. Yeah. I don't know how I got married, because I I, I don't know if I did any of this. What what if we did a short play kind of explaining what ETI and ETD is, okay? All right. Here's play number one. It's called ETI, a short play. Hey, Russ. Hey, Susan. What's going on, girl? Oh, not a lot. It's so good to see you. You're looking really good today. Oh, thank you. We did like a reverse color thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot to text her. It's okay. I I knew. I knew. I just knew. But anyway, you know, I've just like really been thinking about how much I value our friendship and how much it means to me. I love having conversations with you, and I just think you're this really godly guy, and I'd actually love to take you out sometime on a date and get to know you more. Me? Yeah. Oh, I treasure that so much. And I'm actually really interested, too. <gasps> I, would, I would love to go on a date. Let's oh go. Oh, my gosh, yes. That sounds great. Establishing the interest, a short play. All right, so that's ETI, all right? Now let's ETD, okay? ETD. This is called ETD, a painful play. In which Susie will establish the disinterest with me. Good luck. Hey, Suze, what's going on? Ross, what's up? You're looking good today. Church, lunch, man. Love it. Love all of it. Hey, just wondering. um, So, like, you're, like, super godly and attractive. And, like, I was just, like, wondering if uh, we could go out on, like, a date and get. I got these, like, free coffees in my Starbucks app. And I thought, like. 
you know, we could go and get some coffee together and like find a date. Oh yeah, Russ, that is so sweet. Thank you so much. I just really appreciate you putting yourself out there. Oh yeah. I unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately I just like don't really see us as more than friends. I super value our friendship and I I think I would just like to keep it that way as friends. But I really appreciate you asking me and I'm super honored. Yeah. I know it's October, but uh, it, April Fools. I feel the same way. I'm not. I was just kidding. I'm gonna go. Wait, he really left. All right. So all, all that to say, people, we want you guys to be intentional with one another. Be intentional with one another. Define your relationship. Have that awkward conversation. Because that awkward conversation might lead to a less awkward first date. Yeah. Or clarity, which, yeah. ooh, I love clarity. Oh, beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay, enough of that prefacing. Let's get into the meat, shall we? So what, what, what do you do to start a relationship, right? You have to start the relationship. That's, that's going to be what we're getting to now. It is, yeah. Starting. All right, the first question uh, you may be asking when you're starting a dating relationship is, who am I asking to date, right? We believe that there should be a bare minimum standard on the person that you're dating, and we're going to get into a little concept called being equally yoked. And basically what, what we're encouraging you guys to do is date a fellow Christ follower. So to give you a little context for that, we're going to read the Bible, which I know we said we wouldn't do much of, but... Here's uh, one of our Bible portions, um, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16. This is from a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a church in Corinth, which is a city in Greece. And he was writing to a fairly young congregation, not that different than ours. And Paul is writing some exhortations about friendship. And, and let's read what he has to say. He says this, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? And take note of this part we underlined, because it's going to come up again. He says, for you are the temple of the living God, right? Now, you may be sitting there wondering, why is Russ talking about eggs? I'm not talking about eggs. When I, when I say yolk, I actually mean this. That's a yolk. Nice, right? I didn't draw that. But. So let's see the yolk in action. Come on, Maddie. All right, thanks. Those are oxen. Those are you guys going on a date. Isn't that cute? <laughs> hey, you want to chew some cud? Sure, that sounds fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so this is what he's saying, right? You have two oxen yoked together, and they're pulling usually a plow or a wagon, right? And what happens if one oxen is weaker than the other oxen, right? It's physics, I think. Um, One's going to be going faster than the other, and they're not going to be going at the same thing, right? And, and what's going to end up happening? Go in a circle. Right. You're going to be walking around in circles. And for those of you that have maybe done this in the past, you can relate to this idea of when a, a believer and a non-believer in a dating relationship, it can really feel like you're running around in circles. I did this for a majority of my dating life from the age of 14 to my mid early 20s, and there was a part of my life that I just could never share 
or connect with this person on. And the reason we want to exhort you guys to have this standard is because how can two people in a dating relationship follow the Spirit's leading if one of those people doesn't have the Holy Spirit as a deposit on their life? Absolutely. And you want to make sure that being a Christian to them isn't just this box that they're checking off, right? You want to see their lives reflecting this faith that they claim, that Jesus really is the Lord of their life, and he's not just a section of it. Um, so we would really just encourage you guys to look for people who are living out their faith. So we've decided who we're asking. Once you figure that out, then comes the most important aspect of starting, and that is being intentional. Um, a lot of people, I think, these days are like, oh, I want to, you know, I'm like really interested in this person. I'm going to ask them to hang out. Let's hang out. And I'm going to say, let's not. Let's not hang out. Because that is so ambiguous. It's unclear what is going on. We, would, we think it's really important for you guys to be honest and forthright with your intentions. Being intentional and in, in inviting this person to hang out with you. Ask them on an actual date instead of just like, let's hang out. It just leaves this person in an unclear limbo, and it's confusing for them. Right. So this, this, sermon, this talk could have easily been retitled, All the Things That Susan and I Did and Then Now Are Telling You Not To Do. Because... I did this, right? I, I, I dropped the, the let's hang out line, and I, I did that with my own wife, Megan, uh, before we were married. And I just want to share you a little story of what she did to kind of force the issue. And ladies, take note if you ever Good get asked stuff. to hang out. All right, so here's what happened. After church one day, I, I, you know, if you see Megan, she's like, she's, I think, like, very beautiful. And um, I was like, man, I got to get to know her. So... We weren't in the same small group or anything like that, so I went up to her after church, tapped her on the shoulder. I was like, hey, I'm Russ. Nice to meet you. Uh, she's like, hey, Russ, how you doing? Um, and uh, so I, I, I go in. I'm like, hey, you know, I, don't, I know we don't, like, run in the same circles, but, like, I wanted to, like, hang out with you sometime. And uh, I was wondering if we, I could, like, get your number. She goes, well, Russ, depends on the context. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, a, that's what, when you're 26, you, you're just like, I don't care. What's the context, bro? <laughs> so were you 26 when I asked you out? Were you 26? 25. It doesn't matter. Sorry. Anyway, what Megan did there, right, which I'm encouraging you all to do, is she clarified my intentions, right? Because wh- why do we ask someone to hang out, right? Because it's ambiguous. It, it kind of pads the question, and it, it helps us not get rejected if they end up saying no, right? If you say, let's hang out, you're not really putting your intention out there, but if you do put your intention out there, like I did with Susie a couple minutes ago, and she says no, it's going to feel a little bit more painful. But I would say to you guys, if that person is, is, is worth asking out, they're worth being rejected by. And again, we just want to say this over and over, clarity and intentionality. It's going to serve you guys as you're starting out these dating relationships. Yeah, and a place where this can get kind of confusing is social media, right? Uh, it totally changes the game. Asking, <laughs> Flirting with someone in person is like, you know, a good thing. Like, we think flirting is okay. You know, it helps you gauge um, their interests and feel it out, you know. Um, but it's a lot easier probably to flirt on social media because you're like, you have time to think about it, craft it. You don't have to like respond right away necessarily. Um, and I would just encourage, we want to encourage you guys to 
be intentional on social media too, right? If you guys are going back and forth just like flirting on Snapchat and you're not doing anything about it, that's like really uncool to this other person that you're flirting with. Um, we, yeah, so flirting, if it's going well, you're like, oh, they're like responding. It seems like they're into me too. Do something about it. Flirt to get results. Flirt to be in a relationship. Amen. Don't just flirt for the heck of it, for like to make yourself feel good. Yeah, so like if you're doing that cat with the heart eye emojis, you know, on your phone, figure out a way to manifest that physically. How can you be a cat with heart eyes in person? So anyway, a verse that a lot of people use in this context is actually Proverbs 4, verse 23. And it's actually not meant for dating, because like we said, the Bible doesn't necessarily talk about dating. Um, And it says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So what this verse is actually saying is it's encouraging the reader to take care of what they're internalizing. You know, because what you're internalizing, your actions are going to flow from that. And so if we think about this in dating, we're internalizing some stuff, and our actions are coming from that, and our actions have consequences. And if that's flirting with not, like, asking this person out, that's actually just called, like, leading someone on. And leading someone on is bogus, because being the person led on really sucks, Mm, right? Yes. So just don't do it. Be intentional. Ask them on a date if the flirting's going well. Don't flirt for your own benefit. All right, so let me give you guys a very tangible example. And this is a timeless example. Through all the, the histories of Illini life, this always ends up happening. The long walk late at night, right? Especially at LT or walking somewhere their don't, car. Don't do it. Don't take someone out on a long walk late at night if you're not interested in them. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead you on. And even if you are interested in them, take them on a long walk in the middle of the day. You know, the sun's out, you can see the foliage, and you can see each other's faces. So, you, you guys, you just got to knock it off. That's solid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, again, I did that, but it, it didn't go well. So. All right. So oh, that's my line. Sorry. It's fine. The moral of this is that we're being intentional, right? Above yeah. all, we just want you guys to be intentional with your interactions. All right. So... Could we just step back? I mean, I, I yeah, feel like we kind yeah. of got ahead of ourselves. Um, I have a question for you sure. as a lady. Susie, does the guy have to ask out the girl? Definitely not. I think a girl is totally free to ask a guy out. Okay, sure, whatever. I hear you, but I don't believe you because, you know, I've been in the church a long time, and I'm always hearing the girls be like, I'm going to be pursued, you know, like, I'm Ruth, and I just want my Boaz to come and find me, and then I can uncover his feet, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, I, I, like I, I, what's going on there? You know? Okay, I do think that's a reality, that, like, women want to be pursued. And because that is our social norm, right, like, guys typically ask girls out, I actually think this is an area, guys, you're just kind of going to have to suck it up and make the move, because the odds are, like, the girl might be, is probably waiting for you to make that move. And so I think you're just going to have to muster up the courage and do it. Okay. But let me, let me ask you a different way. So is, is there a way for a woman to have agency without feeling like she's the pursuer? Yeah. So, like, how can a girl, like, let a guy know? She's pursuer? interested without being like, hey, I'm interested. Yeah. That's a good one to not do. Um, hey, Doug, I like you. 
Ask me out. So I actually did this with my now husband, Matt. Um, for I had my eye on him for a long time, right? And I was just like. I mean, who wouldn't? I know. Total that stud. smile. Wow. Anyway, okay, so I would just put myself in his vicinity. If he was going to be at a hangout or a movie night or something, I was going to be there because I wanted to get to know him more and I wanted to uh, see if we connected, right? There was one time we were up so late. It was like at my friend Cassie's place. We were all playing board games. And I was on staff at this point, And so like, I didn't, I was not staying up that late, but I did it because he was there. And I was like, I want to continue to get to know this guy. So I think just put yourself around them, especially in group settings where it feels uh, safer and you can get to know what they're like. Right. And ladies, just as a, a man to my fellow women out there, uh, us guys, we, we sometimes aren't that emotionally intelligent, right? It's equivalent to a mouse sometimes, right? Our emotional intelligence, their emotional intelligence. So if the guy's not getting it, you know, you might have to verbalize, like, hey, I think you might want to pray about asking me out, you know. Or just ask him out. It's totally cool. If, you, well, if you're like the whole Ruth thing, you know, you got your ways, right? Yeah. You got your yeah, ways. Yeah. You got your ways. Totally. You got your ways. All right. My, my turn, right? Yeah. Um, okay. But listen, okay. You guys, we, we just want to encourage you. You've done all the asking, yada, 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 yada. Go on a couple dates, right? Don't feel like you have to commit to the relationship after that first date. Maybe go on two dates, maybe three. And if after three you're like, oh, gosh, this guy is a total dud, um, you, okay. you can be like, hey, you know, Doug, um, I just don't, I'm not feeling it. I, you know, let's try to try something different. Yeah. So you're not committing to like yeah, life. You're, you're not committing a couple dates. to getting married when yeah. you go on that first date. So. All right. That's starting a relationship. And now we're going to move on to part two, being in a dating relationship. Oh, so, that's so cute. We got a, a very excited couple here up front. They're like, <laughs> Bated breath. So, all right, here's the thing. And I, I feel like if you guys have been in the church, you, you kind of know we have to talk about these next few things. So the, the thing we want to exhort you guys with is to have healthy boundaries. And we're going to cover physical boundaries, which is like classic Christianity, right? But we're going to touch on something that you may not have thought of, which is having emotional boundaries. So keep that in mind. But but first, physical boundaries. Now, the, the standard that the Bible puts before, before us, as all people, is to flee sexual immorality. So as unmarried people, sexual immorality is, is engaging in intercourse with someone that isn't your spouse. And the Bible encourages us to flee from this, to flee sexual immorality. Again, the Apostle Paul writing to Corinth, this was a letter before the letter that we read. And let's just hear his rationale for fleeing sexual immorality. He says that all other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Do you guys hear that again? Your body is the temple of the living God, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Jesus on the cross redeemed your body. He bought it back from the slavery of sin. Therefore, Honor God with your body. So you guys may remember during my Holy Spirit talk, I, I kind of mentioned that if you go to Joe's and you're juking and jiving, whatever you got. What do you guys call dancing these days? Dancing? That's so boring. We called it juking where I was from, Chicago. Okay. So I said, though, like, 
you take the Holy Spirit into Joe's with you, you know? And, and the, the same thing when we're sinning sexually. It's not like God's just going to vacate. Um, we're desecrating his home, his temple, when we sin sexually. And I, I feel like for, for me in my life, that was something that I, I, I tried to dwell upon and, and use to motivate me. Though not always successfully, I think our bodies being God's residence is really going to be the one motivating factor for us as we pursue physical boundaries. Totally. So emotional boundaries are definitely a thing, right? Um, it might seem weird, and it's a little trickier because you're like, well, I'm trying to get to know this person, and I'm trying to grow closer to them. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to get ahead of yourself emotionally. Um, you you want to be at, like, an accurate pace with your relationship. If you guys just started dating, um, don't get ahead of yourselves. And our reason why not we wouldn't do this is because in doing so, you're kind of giving that person part of your heart. And if things don't work out, that's going to, like, suck all the more, right? That's going to be really hard. Um, so some examples of getting ahead of yourselves emotionally are saying I love you, um, maybe acting like you're married by having sleepovers or um, sharing your deepest, darkest secrets. And even we'd encourage you guys to be thoughtful about whether or not you're doing holidays together with the family because that's a pretty intimate thing, right? Um, this happened for me when I first started dating Matt Miller. I went up to Wayne, and I told him, I was like, Wayne, guess what? I'm dating, what, Susie? <laughs> I'm dating Matt Miller. And he was like, Guard your heart. It's not over yet. Guard your heart. And it's like <laughs> become this ongoing joke on the staff team and with our friends um, just because it's so hilarious. But, like, his heart for me was really good, right? As my boss, my pastor, a father figure here in Champaign-Urbana, he was just caring for me. He didn't want me to get emotionally ahead of myself um, and overcommit my heart to this guy because we're not sure where this is going. We just started dating. So it's really solid advice, I think. Guard yeah. your heart. It's not over yet. How would you encourage couples to set these boundaries, physical, emotional? I think it's just having a frank conversation. Um, so maybe not on that first date necessarily. Hopefully, like, you won't have to bring this up right away. But talk about it. You know, like. Hey, Doug, uh, what's are your physical boundaries for a dating relationship? Well, I mean, if he's making a, yeah, I mean, if he's making a move, you probably want to be like. That's no, true. I got boundaries. Quack. <laughs> um, but we have a conversation. Invite other couple, couples to be hold you accountable for that, right? Um, these godly couples who you might use as examples in your lives, um, let them know, like, these are some boundaries we set for ourselves, and you hold us accountable to that. Because Yeah, as you may know if you've dated, you're your own worst accountability partner. So Not helpful. All right, so that's kind of heavy, you know, boundaries. Oh, gosh. We want you guys to also have fun. Woo! And as we thought about it, what's more fun than couples parasailing? I will tell you, there's nothing more fun. He's never actually done it. I haven't, but I, oh, I will. And the, the thing about couples parasailing is that it's outdoors, okay? And we, we want to encourage you guys to think of things to do outdoors. You can ice skate. You can pick pumpkins. Ed, oh, you know what I'm saying. Outside of the house, man. Legalist over here. All right. Out of the house. Ice skating, picking pumpkins, going to the barn dance, hanging out with friends, riding bikes, playing basketball, though, you know, if one person loses, they may feel bad. Um, whatever, right? Because here, here's the thing. If you want to sin sexually, here's how you do it. You find a blanket, you turn on Netflix, and you see what happens. That, that's like the guaranteed way to 
fall into sexual sin. So, yeah, you guys know what I'm saying. So, and that's, you know, when you're married, hallelujah, amen, right? Netflix and chill all you want. But till then, be creative, right? Go do something outside. Megan and I, we would walk uh, department stores because they were open late at night and uh, that fluorescent lighting is just so romantic, you know? <laughs> so, like, you know, be creative. Uh, find something to do outside of the house. And in, in having fun, I, I just wanted to speak kind of bluntly to the guys. Um, as you're dating, I just want to encourage you guys to not be cheap with your girlfriend. And here, here's kind of my rationale as I was dating and Russell too. Is. So in the marriage metaphor, right, Christ is the husband and the bride of Christ is the church, right? So when we're married, the, the husband's carrying a lot of weight in, in terms of being this picture of the Lord to his spouse. And when you're dating, you're getting a very sacred, very sacred opportunity to kind of um, rehearse this and be a picture of Jesus to the, the woman that you're pursuing. And the, the question I would ask you guys is, is Jesus ever stingy with us? He's not. He, he's lavished us. Our whole lives, he lavishes us with his grace and his good gifts and blessings. Is Jesus ever rude to us? He's not. He's gentle and kind. Is Jesus ever selfish or self-seeking? No, he, he was so selfless, he died on a cross to save us. So what I want to encourage you men to do as you're dating is to paint a beautiful portrait of who Jesus is. And I just think that our stinginess can sometimes wound and hurt our girlfriends unintentionally and mar that image of, of who Christ is to them. So please, spend some money on them. And if you don't have a job, get a job. Maybe before you start dating. Pray about it. All right. Off my soapbox. So anyway, another thing we want you to do while you're in this dating relationship is to imitate godly couples. Find people um, in your lives, whether that's family, people, a couple in the church, um, or even it could be siblings, right? Um, do you, you admire them? Are they godly? And ask them about their relationship. How did they get to where they're at? What do they do when they have conflict or have to make difficult decisions? And, and even maybe check in with them every once in a while, right? It doesn't have to be a one-and-done conversation. Maybe they can mentor you guys as a couple. Um, I think it's a really helpful thing to do. Right, and you might be thinking, whoa, dude, that feels kind of serious. And it, it is serious because we do believe as well that dating is ultimately for marriage. Um, you guys need people in your lives to help you discern if this is a good person for me. And like Fred mentioned last week, as individuals, we have blind spots, right? And how much more do we have blind spots as a couple? And what this older godly couple can do is kind of help you see those blind spots. I didn't really take this advice till later on in my life. And in one of my relationships before um, I met Megan, near the end of it, we were just struggling and, and facing some trials. And we did this. We invited an older couple into our relationship. And, and they, like I said, they helped us find some blind spots, and they helped us kind of realize some incompatibilities that we had. And they shepherded us towards a breakup, which we didn't really have the, the gumption to do by ourselves. And, and not, you know, if you, I don't want you to be scared, like, oh, if I do this, like, we're going to end up breaking up. That, that's not always happened. Susie did this, and her and Matt, they got married. So 
Again, the, the couple can just help to affirm or deny um, your relationship, right? So let's kind of just wallow in a, in a breakup here for a second as we transition. You guys feeling that sadness of all the tears as we now, yeah, so we're going to talk about ending. Ending a relationship. This is the worst. Anyone else think breakups are the worst? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thanks. Well, check this out, okay? Guys, this thing's going to end, right? Your dating relationship will end. I promise. It's going to either end in marriage. Yeah. Can we cheer for marriage? Oh, not yet, not yet, not yet. (laughs) And then Nick, Nick's going to teach on marriage next week, right? So come on down for that. Now, if you don't end up getting married, you're either dating your whole life, which we would not recommend. That's a very sad existence. Um, you're you're going to end up breaking up, right? And cue the slide. Right? You've been there, right? Anyone else going to do these? Yeah, okay. So, oh, go ahead. All right, so... We're going to spend some time focused on breaking up and how to break up well. And actually, Russ isn't very particularly good at this. It is true. I'm bad at breaking up. Here's why. I only broke up with someone once when I was 14 years old, freshman year of high school. And then all the other times I got dumped. So I'm a, don't, don't feel bad for me. It was my own fault, I'm sure. <laughs> I, was a, I was a jerk. But He's fine. He's uh, yeah, so I'll, just, I'll sit. So I'll just talk a little bit right now. So... Breakups. Breaking up well, we really think is about respect on both sides. So remember when we talked about earlier um, leaving this person better than you found them? This is a time when you're actually literally leaving the person, and you want to be kind and gentle when you do it, right? Um, This is someone that you've cared about. So you don't want the breakup to be this, like, crazy, dramatic event. Um, You want to leave them in a place where um, they can take what you've given them and hopefully move on. Um, with their lives, right? So, Susie, you would probably recommend then that the best way to break up with someone is over a text message, right? Absolutely not. Please do not do this. You owe someone a better breakup than a text message. If at all possible, you should be breaking up with them in person. If that, for whatever reason, is not possible, you can give them a phone call. Hey. It's like really not that hard. I mean, breaking up with people is hard, but you owe it to them. So please just don't text them. All right. And, and, you know, this is coming from a veteran, right? As a person being broken up with, you also need to to be respectful of them, right? Getting broken up with is sucky, right? It's literally heartbreaking. But you have to be careful to not overreact from that place of hurt or defensiveness, right? This person that is, is dumping you is someone that you care about. And you want to take care of them as they're doing something that's insanely hard. It is insanely hard. As I recall, as a 14-year-old, it was very hard to break up with um, that girl. So you you also want to respect their decision for ending things. Do not try to convince them back into the relationship, which is a temptation. And some great advice that I got from Brooke Summers, a former staffer here at iLife, she said to me, Russ, you don't want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with you. Now, this goes against every pop song about unrequited love that was ever written by anyone, right? Phil Collins would be like, no, that's insane. No one got my Phil Collins reference, but it's okay. 
Thanks, guys. Phil! Um, it, it goes against every pop song, right? But it's true. It's the truth, actually. You, you don't want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with you. So, Russ, like, what about the times when you're, like, trying to break up with someone? Oh, yeah. And they're like, well, can you give me a reason? Give me an explanation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do I have to give them an expl- explanation? Well, I would say kind of like no-ish. No-ish. Yeah. That's helpful. So, in actuality, the answer is no. You, you don't owe anyone an explanation if you want to end that relationship. But it can be helpful to give, give an explanation if it's not, like, insanely cruel. Like, hey, Doug, I'm breaking up with you because your breath smells so bad. Um, and you're ugly. Like, don't do that. Um, so if you're going to give an explanation, like, be kind, be tenderhearted. But remember, right, the demand for an explanation is, is really they're kind of in a weird way trying to get you to console them, okay? And when you're breaking up with someone, you are the absolute number one worst person to console that person, okay? They need to go to, to a friend or a parent or, or somebody to kind of hold them as they they cried out. So just keep that in mind. Like, feel free to give a, a brief explanation if you like, but don't feel like you owe it to them or that's going to make it all better because it, it won't, right? Yeah. It's heartbreak. It's, there's no sense in it. Yeah, totally. So something we're actually just going to not really get into much here is abusive relationships. Um, so the thing about being in a relationship where there's abuse, whether that's physical or emotional, um, it's that that mutual respect is already absent. It's not there. And so once you realize that you're in an abusive relationship, you might need to do certain things to get out of that situation safely. Um, so we don't want you to have to, like, hold these things and be like, well, Russ and Susie said this. Um, if it's not a safe situation, there's definitely um, there's ways to get out of that. So if you m- believe that you might be – that you're in an abusive relationship – we do want to encourage you guys to um, share that with a trusted person in your life. And, and it can be us on staff. We have a lot of social workers and counselors in this church who are totally um, available and capable of helping you um, find a way out of that and helping you to get out of that relationship. So we just don't want you to feel trapped there like you have to stay in an abusive relationship because you don't. Yeah, and, and we feel like that's a really important topic. And, and we didn't have time to give it its due diligence, but we just wanted to make that um, plea to you guys if you feel that you're in that spot. So um, unrelated to that is, again, going back to this notion of breaking up, is this question, can we stay friends after we break up? Apparently some people do this. I personally would find it nearly impossible. Why would you find it impossible? It's such a deluded and insane idea. My once romantic feelings for this person don't just get up and walk away. It's like, let's be real. Once down the road, once you start dating someone else, um, having this relationship with your ex is going to feel weird, right? And the person that you're in this new relationship with might also feel uncomfortable with the fact that you're like still hanging out with your ex. Or maybe they get in one and they're uncomfortable with it. Like, why is Doug like coming on all of our dates? Like, didn't you break up with this guy? Yeah, exactly. So it's just a little weird. So save yourself the complicated lifestyle, and when it ends, just let it truly end. Now, say on your end, you're like, oh, no, no, I'm, like, really genuinely okay with this. And you might be okay with being just friends with this person post-breakup. And they might say they are, 
But the reality is they might be holding on to the fact that you guys might get back together. And I think that if you want to stay friends with this person, it's probably because you care about them. And I think that if you genuinely care about this person, just help them move on, right? When it ends, let it end and help them move on and find someone that's a better fit for them so that you can do the same as well. Right. As a veteran dumped person, I can almost say 99%. If you dump someone and you're like, let's be friends, and they say yes, it is only because they want to still be in a relationship with you. So keep keep it real, guys. And, uh, yeah, like Susie said, give them some space. So now what if you have a hard breakup in Illini life? Um, We don't want either of you guys to feel like, oh, great. I got to go to a different church now. I got to go to crew. So I'm going to do crew. You do I life. Peace. You know, don't do it. No. Please. No, you'll, you'll leave all your friends and all these relationships that you build. What we would encourage you guys to do, though, is you, you probably do want some space. So if you're, you're in the same small group, which is kind of an intimate setting, try a, a different small group. You know, the, the, the space can offer maybe some healing and let you guys establish a new identity, not as a couple. So. Again, um, we'd love to walk you through this process if it happens, uh, God forbid. But we, we don't want you to feel like your plan A needs to be finding a different church because I, I think there's ways that we can work around that. Yeah. In the end, it kind of all comes down to this. Just don't be selfish, right? Think about this other person and think about your future significant other and their future significant other. Um, and just remember to leave them better than you found them. Amen. Well, Suze, it's over. Is the breakup? Yeah. I've been thinking and, like, like I liked teaching with you, but I think you should probably teach on your own next time. Ooh. Wait, that was not of the script. So, um, weird question. Could, could someone take a picture of I wanted a picture of this. Are you really doing this for them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, could we just, this is Suzy's, could we give Suzy a round of applause? Oh, my gosh. This was not in the script. So, yes, yeah, Susie, I am dumping you as your co-teacher, and you can go it alone next time. Okay? Emo cartoon. Yeah, sorry. So, great job. So, guys, here, here's what we just did, okay? Let me, let me recap it. Beautiful slide. We showed you how to date in four easy steps. We taught you to define the relationship. We taught you how to start a relationship. We also showed you how to be in a relationship. And for those of you that are currently dating, we all helped you to know how to end your relationship. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. So what we're going to do now is Susie and I have one last exhortation for, each, for you guys. And then we're going to sing some worship songs that have nothing to do with dating. Um, and then we're going to be done. We'll do some announcements and then... Go on with our lives, you know? Sounds great. All right, Susie. All right, so my exhortation to the ladies is this. It's that you don't need to settle. Um, I just want you girls to, like, hold out for a guy who's, like, really godly, right? Um, If you're in a relationship right now and you're like, "Uh, I don't know, or um, you're just like, this guy is not really what I imagined myself being with, like, as far as, like, being strong in his faith, it might seem really hard to get out of that relationship, right? Like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if there's anyone else who'd be a better fit for me in all these other areas, though. And I would just encourage you to, like, trust what the Lord has for you. Um, I think 
And that might not be another person for a long time, right? Or ever. I don't know. I don't know what God's plans are for you. But I just want you to um, to be, I'd much rather have you be in God's will and feel that peace from him um, than to end up in this relationship that might ultimately draw you away from the Lord. And so just hold out for someone who really will push you closer to God. That's my encouragement. Amen. Yeah. And for, for the men in the room, as you guys are dating and, and figuring this stuff out, I just wanted to to reiterate what I said earlier. You have you have a chance in this dating relationship to either ruin or enhance this this woman's picture of who Christ is, because there there's a th- this thing happening where we we just kind of see him in one another, right? That's what we're called to do. We're called to glorify Christ to to make His image present in our bodies. So be um, sober about that. Remember how Jesus treats us. And that should be the way that you, you treat all people, right? But especially this woman that you're pursuing. Jesus never abuses us. He never um, takes us for granted. He never takes advantage of us. He gives us grace. He gives us um, his mercy, and he serves us. Serve your girlfriends. Lavish them with kindness and with generosity. And I think... Regardless of if they end up being your wife or they end up being an ex-girlfriend, you want them to think, man, that guy respected me and, and treated me great, and he left me better off than when he met me. So I hope you guys will, if you want a date, it, it's a high calling, right? But I, I think it's a worthwhile calling. So, um, yeah, that's it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and pray to close.